The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by semi-regular podder, Record Sports Mark McDougall. Because Scott McDermott, the lucky bugger, is in Cheltenham. Uh, Today on Record Rangers, we take a deep dive into the old firm aftermath, looking at what went right, what went wrong, and what has to change for Morty's men to turn the tables on their arch rivals. Mark, we better start with your overall impressions of that old firm game. It's a titanic match, very enjoyable to watch for the neutral what did you make of it? Yeah, like I said, I think any neutral will have loved that. Uh, it was a brilliant, it was end to end, there was goals, red cards, plenty of talking points, crazy sitters. Uh, what else could you ask for in a game like that? I, th- I thought it was a really good game for game to watch. Uh, Rangers will be disappointed that they didn't get some sort of result, but they did seem to panic after the red card, I think, and Celtic just showed that at the end of the day, if Celtic show up and perform to their best, they're always going to beat Rangers no matter what. Uh, I think Rangers fans have overreacted a wee bit since. I agree. I agree. Since the since the result, I mean, before the game, I think as well, maybe they were a bit too confident, thought a bit too much of the team, but now they've went the complete opposite way, and all of a sudden nobody's good enough. The manager's not good enough. I think it's just a bit calmed down a wee bit. It's it's where Rangers are right now, and it's probably spot on for where they are. Yeah, you need to put it into context of where Celtic have been. I mean, they were invincible last yeah. season. I know they've not been quite as good this year, but they're still a really, really good team. And they've, they've had that team for for several seasons. Only two of the starting lineup for Celtic were Rogers signings. Yeah. So essentially, they've been together for three, four seasons, a lot of those guys. And, and they've been over the course and they know how to see these games out. And I, I actually thought that it was a, it was a good example of why Murty might be given the job because I thought for 60 minutes Rangers were absolutely excellent it was only after the, the man got sent off that they seemed to lose their way a little bit Yeah I think I think you could go both ways I do think that's a good point that it shows why he could get the job but at that red card it also shows why he maybe shouldn't get the re- the job I mean, you've seen Rogers reacted uh, brilliantly by bringing on Edward. that was a really bold move to go for it whereas Marty seemed to panic a wee bit didn't know what to do and then when he did make a change she made completely the wrong one uh, I can understand bringing on Jason Cummings uh, up front but to take off Goss and move Windass back into a central midfield position didn't make any sense because we all know Josh Windass isn't a central midfielder in his life can't play there if you're going to if you're going to leave one that's on, you have to just leave Doherty on his own, which he would have got overran, definitely. But you've got to just leave him on his own and keep one that's up there and just attack, attack, attack. That, that said, you can totally understand why we bring Goss off. I mean, we spent an entire podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about how good he's been, and he has been excellent. But in the game, his delivery was poor. He was misplacing passes. I think two of the three goals were his fault. Yeah. I also think you know, people need to remember that Goss played something like five professional first team games exactly. before he moved to Rangers. I think that's another thing that, in hindsight, Marty maybe got wrong. 
Uh, I mean, I know every Rangers fan would have picked pretty much the exact same team that Marty did, but there was no experience in that midfield. You had Goss, who, like we said, hadn't played much football before joining Rangers, and you had Doherty played his first Old Farm game. So like, you had Jason Holt sitting on the bench, Andy Haldy sitting on the bench. Maybe Holt especially could have come in there. I think Holt should have come on at yeah. 60 minutes, yeah. because Rangers, tactically, they seeded the midfield. Celtic played 3-6-1. So they had four midfield players in the centre of midfield. They had um, Scott Brown and Cham, who, who were both excellent. And then just in front of them, they had Rogic and McGregor, who had a, a Roman brief. They could go left, they could go right. They, could, they, they were designed to cause problems in there, but it gave them that strength in midfield. Celtic seeded the wings, and that's where Rangers are strong. You know, you've got Tavernier, you've got Candeas, you've got John, who had an excellent game. So the game was going to be either won by that that gamble. It was going to either be won on the on the yeah. wings or it was going to be won through the centre midfield. I just felt at 60 minutes, that's when Murty should have said, right, Windass off, hold on. Or even Morelos off and push Windass up front. Yeah. Um, I just felt that's the point they needed to try and win that midfield battle. Uh, he didn't do that. He chose... To, he, it was very bold what he did. I mean, but the structure of the team went out the window a little bit, I felt. Yeah, there was definitely... There was- I think at half time maybe was the time to bring on hope for Goss uh, I think Goss just he looked lost in that team uh, it was on, one of those games wasn't it it was blood and thunder and Goss yeah. is an elegant player takes a bit of time yeah. it, it looked like mm, it's not really his cup of tea this kind of game yeah I think it's I, I was the same against Hibs at Ibrox. I think uh, Hibs got in Rangers face and Celtic did the same on Sunday and I'm not sure Goss is just set up or I don't know if he's made for these games he's more of a he gets on the ball he plays passes he's not one that's going to fly into tackles when he did fly into tackles he's probably lucky he didn't get sent off but uh, yeah I just don't think it was right for him I think Holt it, Marty should have spotted that in the first half and brought Holt on because I'm not sure that third goal would have happened if Jason Holt was on the pitch and Sean Goss wasn't Right we'll go into this in more detail what we're going to do um, to try and give this podcast a bit of structure is go through each player on the Rangers team man by man so we're going to start off with Wes Fotheringham you're a big fan of Wes did you feel he was culpable for any of the goals did you feel like he had a good game a couple of good saves I think he had a couple of good saves I don't think he really did anything wrong with the goals I know people have been criticising him for the set goal especially but I think it was one of those where if he comes out and the belly chips him, people criticise him. If he stays on the line, the belly takes a touch and smashes it past him. People criticise him for not coming out. So I think it was a bit of a lose-lose situation for him. Uh, he made some good saves, one especially from Cal McGregor in the first half. Yeah, it was a great uh, save. And then he got I down think, so quickly. Yeah, yeah, and then I think it was, it was just after that, the header from the belly was from, maybe from, might even have been from that corner. Mm. Uh, yeah, he made a few good saves. I don't think he did much wrong. Kicking wasn't great on Saturday, I don't think. Or Sunday, sorry. Uh, he certainly has no chance with goal one and goal three, which no, are both tremendous absolutely top quality finishes. finishes. Yeah. Um, but but I agree with you. I, I do think that the, the, the main culprit of, of the second goal is Cardoso. I, I yeah. felt that um, some people have been a little bit strong in their criticism of, of Fodringham uh, in the game. I thought he flapped at a couple of crosses, which yeah. was unusual. Um, but at least he was showing a bit of... Uh, he was going to have the attitude of going to try and dominate the box and, and grab things, which sometimes he, he doesn't do. He stays in his lines. So, you know, overall, uh, I thought he was pretty decent. Um, moving on to Declan John, a man I thought had, well, an, an unbelievably good first half. I mean, he was he was fantastic yeah. in the first half, but faded a little bit in the second. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think as well in the second half, Murphy fell out of it, so they didn't really combine as much. But I'm not sure as, if that was down to the fact Rangers. 
done all their attacking down the right wing. Uh, it was just every time we got the ball, the Rangers got the ball. It was Tavernier on it. It was Candias. They tried to get past Tierney and McGregor was covering there quite a lot. Uh, so it was, I'm not sure if they fell out of the game or Rangers just didn't use them right in the second half. Uh, but definitely, I thought John had an excellent first half. He was getting up and down that left wing all day or all first half and uh, causing problems for. For, like obviously Celtic had Forrest out there so it was a bit harder for him to defend against both uh, John and Murphy but no, I think John had a really good game He really got stuck in maybe one of his challenges was slightly over the top of the ball and could have been something that could have caused them some problems Yeah I think it's one of those that you've seen them giving us red cards but I always think of these games it's, these tackles are always going to happen they're going to happen a lot more I mean if you look back even five years ago, that tackle would barely be looked at in an old firm game, whereas now everyone's claiming for it to be a red card. I think that a yellow card would have been yeah. a fair result. I, yeah. don't, I think a red card would have been harsh, but it's one of those ones where if you go in with your foot up like that, you're giving the referee a decision to make, and I thought he was quite lucky to get away with... with, yeah. with, with, with actually, it was a play on, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was nothing a good challenge, so. Yeah, it was, it was a strange one, that. But I do agree with you, it was one of those ones that in the 1970s it would have been seen as a fa- fantastic challenge, but the game's changed. David Bates, for me, a lot of this game hinged on the moment he went off injured because with Russell Martin out, the next option is Cardoso. And I think, well, I've been consistent since day one, since the first time I saw Cardoso and I saw him get bullied by a progress Niederkorn centre-forward. I said, this guy is going to get found out in the Scottish Premier League. And and I got a lot of criticism for that on uh, social media. And now is my chance to... (laughs) To, to, to get to get back at all those people. No, um, ultimately, he's just not strong enough. And David Bates is a big physical unit who's improved massively over the last few few months. And I just felt that Rangers really, really missed him when he went off. Yeah, like you say, he's, he's just so... He's a proper old-fashioned defender. Get rid of the ball first and foremost, that's all that matters to him. And he's done that brilliantly since he came into the team uh, in the last old farm game, in fact. Uh, yeah, it, he was a huge loss and it's going to be a big loss for the rest of the season if he's out long term it looked a nasty yeah, one didn't it it did it did it looked a really nasty one you could see as soon as it happened he was in agony he was it wasn't going to it wasn't one that you would, be, you would ever be able to run off it's, I suppose it's a good time to go from Bates to Cardoso Mark what did you make of his performance overall yeah I feel sorry for him because he's not kicked a ball since that game up at Aberdeen and then is thrown right into an old firm game against arguably the best striker in the league Uh Dembele didn't get any joy out of Bruno Alves all day, but he just moved over to Cardoso and was winning everything in the air against him. There was a few times Cardoso did manage to get the better of him, but at the important times, he just Dembele just bullied past him, bullied his way past him. Uh, so yeah, I, I do feel sorry for him because he hasn't played in so long, but he's clearly not the answer for Rangers. That, I mean, he's, uh, sorry, when you think about it, Rangers, are, he's Rangers' fifth-choice centre-back right now. So... Uh, yeah, I do feel sorry for him because he hasn't played in so long. He's thrown into the game of that size, but he's clearly just not good enough. That, that second goal, that yeah. must—I I could see that that boiled Murray's blood. You could see that in the after-match press presser, and you can understand why because it was total schoolboy defending there. Yeah. In terms of he's, he gets himself wrong side. Yeah. That's, that's a goal Rangers have seen conceded quite a lot over the last few years with guys like Rob Kiernan and that play in the centre-back, even as far back as in the third division with like of Emilio Sucrabari. Ross and, Perry. And Fabio Cardoso's at that level. Well, that's <laughs> that's fairly damning. That's fairly damning, uh, and I can't say I disagree. I suppose the question is, 
will Rangers be able to recoup the money they paid? I think it's one point three million or something like that. So I, I think he's still highly rated in Portugal. He's he's obviously set up for that game where it's playing it out from the back. He's not so much having to go for big headers in the air up against big strikers. Uh, so yeah, I think they'll they'll get the money back from or at least most of it back from. Bruno Alves, I thought. <laughs> Had a, had a good game. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't believe some of the criticism that was aimed yeah, at him. I think there's people are still weirdly criticising him for coming off in the last Old Firm game, even though <laughs> he was quite obviously injured. Uh, you won't get the same people saying that David Bates... I think there's a case of people see European Championship winner and then all of a sudden just expect him never to concede a goal in the Scottish Premiership, yeah. which is just never going to happen. It's a load of nonsense. The guy's 36 He's done an excellent job whenever he's played. You could maybe argue once or twice he's been slightly at fault for goals. But the vast majority of the time he's had a good game for Rangers. Uh, on Sunday I thought he was excellent. I don't think he lost a header to Mr Dembele who's a big physical striker. Uh, he got stuck in. He was get, he was probably the only Rangers player that didn't seem scared of Scott Brown. There was absolute, and that says a lot. That, that's true. And there was absolutely no fault for Bruno Alves in any of the goals as, as far as I, I'm concerned no. the first goal he's, is Sean Goss needs to close him down and, and make, a, make a challenge the second goal was uh, obviously um, Cardoso's fault he's caught on the wrong side of his man and the third goal ultimately again I think that's that's Goss and Cardoso are the two that, that need to yeah. be blocking him there um, so for me he, he barely put a foot wrong throughout that game yeah. and he was dominant in the air yeah I thought he had a very good I think if Rangers had managed to draw that game People will be talking about how good Alves was and how important he was to get the point. Whereas for some reason, because Rangers lost, all of a sudden he didn't have a good game. And I think that's, that kind of sums up a lot of how fans view the game as if if you win, everyone's had a good game. If you've lost, yeah. everyone's terrible. But there was, there was certain people in, on Twitter and things like that, some other uh, media outlets singled him out specifically for, yeah. for having a, a poor game. And I just I, I did wonder what what game these people were watching because it wasn't the same one that I saw. I thought he was he was bordering on excellent. To to close out the defence, we'll go straight to James Tavernier. He dominated the right side in his last old firm encounter at Parkhead, but I thought he was a little more uh, reserved in this game. He had a, a fair amount of defensive work to do because. I thought Callum McGregor occupied his space a lot, kept him busy. I thought that was a deliberate ploy by by uh, Brendan Rodgers that worked out really well. McGregor's very diligent, tactically intelligent player, and I think he tied up Tavernier. Now, as the game wore on, actually more and more space was ceded to Tavernier because of the change in the formation that Rodgers um, put together after the sending off. But maybe his final ball just wasn't where it normally is. He's he's normally very, very reliable in those situations, but it, it was a difficult one for him uh, in that last 30 minutes because he didn't really produce a lot. Yeah, I think it, when I see the teams get named, uh, I thought that Celtic would, would line up the same way they did against Zenit with Callum McGregor out on the left. Uh, and they, they did pretty much do that. As Again, he filled that space, like you said. And I think it did stop Tavernier getting forward as much. But when he did, I just thought his final ball was completely off. I mean, I can't really think of any time where he put a really good ball into the box, which is unusual for him. Normally, you talk about countless good balls into the box. Even the last game against Celtic, he did it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, on Sunday, I think he liked up quite well with Candace down the right, but he just couldn't seem to find Morelos in the middle or Windass or kept picking the wrong options a few times and uh, that would be a disappointment for Marty but these things happen don't they? They certainly got in good positions throughout the game so it wasn't a case of whatever Rodgers did completely neutered them it was more like yeah, you say, a case I of I think it was both really and that Davinia knew that he'd have to get back quickly if things went wrong as well 
because Celtic were attacking there, especially when they brought on Edward, he kind of stayed to the left quite a lot. So that that's like the third goal kind of comes from that as well because Edward gets all that space and Goss has to go out to the right somewhere he's just not used to it at all. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'd like he had the, be- the best game of his Rangers career for a certain anyway. Just to touch on that, just because we're going to move on to, to Goss now, I, I found that bizarre to watch that Goss did absolutely the right thing with Edward. He showed him onto his left foot, which is his weaker foot. But then he allowed himself to be, and Cardoso at the same yeah. time, yeah. despite they showed him on his left, they allowed, they, when he turned on his right, they, they were sold by it. it. It should have been a straightforward thing to defend her. Yeah, the thing for me was that Goss showed him down the right, but he was also quite far away from him. So we didn't get tight to him in case he went to his right to just be able to stick his left foot <laughs> in, nick the ball. So he he did show him down the right, but or down the left, but he gave him far too much space to cut in onto his right foot. But it was a wonderful finish, you can't take it away from him. No, absolutely, absolutely. It was a terrific uh, shot and there was no chance of a save from, uh, from Wes Fotheringham. But two players, I think, should have been able to deal with him in that situation. Just touching on Goss before we move on, do you feel that Graham Murty now must look at Goss for his starting position in the semi-final? Maybe this is not the right player for that kind of environment, or do you put it down to the fact this is a guy who's learning his trade, he's not played a lot of first-team games, and you'll have really, really come on leaps and bounds because of what you'll have experienced on Sunday? No, I think Goss should still play the semi-final. I think the change that Murty really needs to make for that is to bring Jason Holt back in, probably for Josh Windus. Uh, I think Josh Windass had an excellent season I've been a big fan of him I've spoke about how I think there's a really good player in there but Celtic got a lot of space in that midfield with Cham and Brown and uh, I think uh, yeah Brian Holt in from him for Josh Windass allows Rangers to get a, another body into the middle of the park to battle the two of them and Tom Rogic or Cal McGregor, whoever's playing in the number 10 position. We'll touch on this in more detail when we talk about what needs to change for the Scottish Cup game, but what about if Windass remains in the team, but it's Morelos that comes out and Windass gets pushed up front? Nah, I think if you look at Morelos' game on Sunday, he had a... I thought he was absolutely excellent. He was. Well, until we'll, until we'll, the ball got to his feet to try to score a goal. We will touch on that. I just wondered what you thought about yeah. Windass as a striker. Nah, I don't think he does his... I think he could be a striker, but I don't think he's got the same battling techniques or battling qualities that uh, Morelos has, so I don't think that would work against Celtic. Okie dokie. Um, Greg Doherty, um, I've been very, very impressed since he came into Rangers. I hadn't seen a lot of him at Hamilton, so I didn't really know what to expect. For me, he looks a complete bargain at 650 yeah. grand. The problem he had was he was outnumbered yeah, I thought and he had so much work to get through with those four players in or around his position. I thought the occasion got the better of him on Sunday, to be honest. I, I, I've been really impressed with him since he saved for Rangers, but I just didn't think he was on, on his game on Sunday. And I don't know whether that's just down to... He's not used to that level, level of football, the pace, the standard of it. I think it's his first Old Farm game, you've got to give him that, and I think he will be a very good player in Old Farm games in the future. But I just think he... Yeah, the occasion got the better of him. He looked a bit, a bit nervous, a bit scared. He looked a bit nervous and a bit scared, uh, and I, th- I just think that, yeah, the occasion got the better of him. The atmosphere was a bit too much for him on Sunday, but it'll be a huge experience from going forward. I think he'll be excellent for Rangers in the future. For me, again, and I hate to keep going back to this, but it was just so difficult for him to to impose himself when when that midfield was so flooded. I mean, yeah. you've, he's a player who can he can defend, he can go forward. He's one of these all-rounders. Actually what happened on Sunday was that he had to just defend. 
He was yeah. constantly occupied by, by by the movement of Rogic, especially, and it just it just neutered him. And and I, I think that's more of a tactical thing. I don't know if he could have really done much more. He was certainly full of energy. He was getting out. He was making challenges. He was making um, clearances. But he didn't really have an attacking influence on the game because he had so much yeah. on his plate. I think the disappointing thing was that when he did get on the ball, he just seemed to lump it away instead of trying to find another man. He was just lumping it into the corners, hoping that Gendes and Murphy could get onto it. But he just wasn't keeping hold of the ball, which was was a disappointing thing. I thought uh, Jamie Murphy had a, an, another one. I think we're, we're getting to the stage where we keep repeating this, but it's very true. Rangers were excellent in the first half, and he did yeah. have an excellent first half, but... For me, this is one of the areas where Murty should have looked to make a substitution because I thought he, he was really, really flagging about the 55 yeah. minutes point. He'd, he'd had an injury, and this, this, this might be nonsense. The medical department might say, was actually not, there's actually nothing wrong with him. What you're talking about is just... Yeah. And you're imprinting on, on, on it because you, of his injury. But for me, he looked like a player who'd run his race by 55 and, and should have maybe come off, let Windass go out to the left, give him, a, give him a different option. Yeah, I thought he was really good. He, I think the first half... I, if you were picking a man of the match based on the first half, it was him. He caused problems for Celtic left and right. He was coming over to the right-hand side, putting balls in. In fact, there was one particular moment where he put a fantastic ball in, and if he was at the back post to get it, it was a sure goal for Rangers. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of summed up Rangers' day quite a lot as well. Uh, yeah, he was he'd beaten any Celtic player. He's, it's what, he's really strange because you know exactly what he's going to do every time he gets the ball. He's going to go down the left, cut back onto his right, cut in but whatever it is he seems to do he gets past the player with so much ease and I don't understand it because it's a bit of an Aaron Robin yeah, type thing obviously just, no one on near yeah. the same level but he does exactly the same thing yeah. and you can't stop it it just looks like it should never work but it works every single time he gets the ball and it's it, he was excellent in the first half like you said but he, he was a big factor in just Rangers looking like whenever they went forward they could quite easily score yeah. they, they were so dangerous on the counter in that first half and for me the Tactically, Murty got that spot on. Um, Rangers just were springing into life so fast, moving the ball forward, travelling with the ball. They've got players that can do that in terms of, you know, uh, Declan John, um, Murphy, and the the wingers on the other side as well. And he was just a live wire. But Celtic seemed to double up on them in the second half as well. And I think that kind of cost him a bit. Uh, Especially when, after the red card, they brought on Jack Hendry to play right back and went more to a four. Uh, Henry and Forrest were just both standing on him for the rest of the game and I think that <coughs> it did leave him a less spaces elsewhere but Rangers just couldn't take advantage of it and uh, yeah like you say he had a good game but it was one of, another one of those where if he had a good game for the full 90 Rangers probably would have won but it just didn't work out Josh Windass obviously grabbed his goal which was terrific finish Great drive and run, and, and you know, great pressing on Boyata, who <laughs> who oh. had one of those games that you have a, you, you would have nightmares over if you were a Celtic fan. Or Boyata the, should be having nightmares about it. He's yeah, just the, a shocker. He was he, he was really really bad. It was one of those it was one of those halves where uh, you look back on it and say that was one of the most uh, error prone uh, performances in an old form game in, in recent memory. But apart from that. Windass didn't offer an awful lot. He kind of fell out the game I, a little bit. I, I seen, I've seen people say that, and I, I'm not really sure. I, dis, uh, I do d- agree that he wasn't at his best, but I thought he was, he was making a lot of good runs that weren't getting spotted. Uh, even if you look at the Morelos chance, that chance, it was a great run from him into the box and a great strike that 
uh, being touched onto Morelos. And uh, yeah, he, did, he had stuff like that. He, he wasn't at his best. He wasn't at what we've seen over the last few months. But I don't think he was as bad as what people have made out either. I don't think he disappeared completely out of the game, like people are saying. Uh, it was just one of those where nothing, anything he tried to do just didn't come off. I think we've talked about this on this podcast before. I, I don't really see him as a number 10, as a, an adjunct to the midfield, a guy who can step back into the midfield and, and no. help dictate the game. He's more of a, 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 a centre-forward, a second striker, who is an addendum to Morelos and, yeah. and is really pushed up with Morelos. And I think what was required in this game was a was a Graham Dorans type, someone who can read the game, who can play that forward area, who can pick a pass, but can also step back in when when it's required. That's something that if Windass is want to fulfil his potential as a footballer, he's going to have to pick that up as part of his game. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that I said I said it before the game that if there was one change I was going, that Rangers should make, then it should be Jason Holt in for Josh Windass. Holt doesn't have the same attacking qualities, but. He's got that battling quality in the middle of the park. He can st- he can pick a pass as well. I mean, we've seen him score goals plenty in the championship season in particular from the more attacking position that he got back then. So yeah, that would have been the one change that if Graham Marty was making a change before to to the expected team, it would have been that. But it's one of those... It's easy think, in hindsight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. I think he would have been heavily criticised if he did that. However, I do think at 60 minutes... It, it was obvious to show up that midfield. He should have. He should have spotted that. But you know, Graham Murty, and we'll talk about this in a bit more detail as the podcast goes on. But you know, he's still a young manager in terms of his his, his managerial Completely. career, and, and 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 you know, it's just a case of he's got to to learn from 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 the game, and I'm sure he'll look back on it and, and do that. In terms of Candias, uh, obviously got the second goal, looked dangerous at times, but also perhaps not his best. Is that yeah, fair? I think. You could take what we said about James Tavernier and just put it onto Candace. He had he was played really well going forward, but his final ball was just all over the place for most of the game. Uh, there was a couple of crosses he put in that were decent, but nothing spectacular like we've seen from him. Uh, normally you see him get the ball and as soon as he gets it, he's whipping it in and Morelis has a chance or Windass has a chance or Murphy has a chance at the back post. But on Sunday, he just didn't seem to have that same, I don't know, same drive and the same try to think of the word to use but he just he just wasn't on his game as, as what he normally it's is probably because he's going up against better players I mean it's probably I, as simple as that I don't know because I, I think he had beaten Akira Tierney most of the day uh, he got past him quite a few times a few nice flicks into Tavernier it's just that his final ball just wasn't there on Sunday uh, I wouldn't say it was because he was up against better players because I think he is arguably one of the best players in the league hmm. uh, and he did have the beat Tierney I just think it was just an off day for him. And uh, we touch on perhaps the most controversial <laughs> performance. Uh, if Twitter's anything to go by, because I, I went on Twitter and said that I thought he bullied Boyata um, and was then de- deluged with uh, comments. Yeah. I thought he was absolutely, he was in their face, he was running behind, they didn't know whether to go with him, they didn't know to step off him. He really was absolutely outstanding. Second half, he still got himself into good positions. I remember, I think it was Ali McCoy said, you know, don't worry about strikers who are missing chances. Worry about strikers who aren't getting on the end of chances and and are doing nothing. The problem with that though, Mark, and I want to ask you about this is, this is not the first time. If you look at the stats and the stats boffins on Twitter, they put out a, a chart and Morelos is, in terms of shots from danger zones in the box, 
<laughs> by a significant distance the most proliferate in the league. How do Rangers go about solving that issue? Because everything else in his game yeah, is I, right there. I think we've also got to remember he's, what, 21 years old. Uh, he absolutely bullied the Celtic defence for the entire game. I know uh, people say it was only the first half stuff, but no, he had to beat the Beata, Ayer, uh, Sabunovic and Hendry when he came on for the entire game. He just couldn't find his way to go. It's just one of, I'm not going to say it's one of those days again because we've said that quite a lot, but it, there was a stat I seen yesterday that he's had, had 18 shots from inside the six-yard box. He's only scored four goals. That's, that's what I was talking and about. And I yeah. think that, that's just incredible when you look at the amount of goals that he has scored and the type of goals he scored. He scored from so many tight angles, uh, edge of the box. It's, it's just crazy. But I'm not. I've seen people saying as well that maybe Cummings should have started, but I don't think Cummings would have been in the same positions because he's not got those same. He wouldn't have bullied the Celtic defence the way that Morelos did. Uh, I think there has to be some way to find to play the two of them together so that Morelos could do all those bully them all day long and Cummings can just finish the chances because I think if you're looking at an actual finisher Cummings is the better player but if you're looking all round it's Morelos all day long Yeah, absolutely agree with that I would say as well on the fact that, that Morelos is 21 years old he was a midfielder up until I think about the age of 18 so he's not this guy that's been banging in the goals at youth level all the way through his career essentially this is still fairly new to him and at his age he's still He's still got a lot of growing to do. I think Rangers just have to persist, get him on the training ground. They could probably do worse than get Ali McCoy and spend their day with him. <laughs> I, um, I think we've seen how Ali McCoy's coaching goes. That might not be the best thing to do. <laughs> I'm talking more about more about the mental side than anything else. Because if there was one thing Ali McCoy could do, it was shaking off missing chances, and that, that's that's what he needs to do. His, his body language tends to go a bit negative. He looks like he's got the world on his shoulders. I, I, he is a very sulky looking person, but I think in fact you see him getting stuck into games. You know, he's still getting back into positions if he misses chances. I think people maybe overlook or overreact to how he looks mm. after he misses chances. Uh, I mean, you could see him on Sunday after the game. He was, the poor boy was in tears on the pitch. Uh, how, how did he miss it? How, <laughs> can you try and? <laughs> I, I think he goes with the wrong foot and he goes with the wrong part of his foot. He is, he's right footed though. He is right footed. So to go with your left, you might think, nah, well, I can just poke this in. He's a professional football striker. He's a yard out. He's just got to smash that in. And then said he tries to hit it with the outside of his right boot. Instead, even if he's going with his right foot, he's got to go with the inside. Yeah. And just sort of pass it in. It was an open goal. And he, for some reason, he hits it with the outside of his right boot onto the post and into Scott Bain. But if he either goes with the inside of his right foot or just smashes it with his left, that's a goal. And Rangers are quite happy with the point. Often you see strikers that are instinctive. And instinctively... They're, they're better. Like Kenny Miller, for example, can can fire them in from 35 yards if it's instinctively. <laughs> but then if he has to think about it, often balloons it over the bar. Although Kenny, to be fair on Kenny, has got better with that as he's got older. Uh, Morelos, though, seems like the opposite. When he's got time to think about it, he's great. I, 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 would, not, I would actually argue with that a wee bit. With, I mean, especially when you look at the chance he had before that, just before... Edwards' third goal. I think he had a have, lot of time to think about that. Well, I think people have been a bit harsh on that. I know. Is it, is, it, uh, is it Ayer that gets the block? Yeah, Ayer, a, it is a good block. If, but if he hits it low, Ayer blocks it, actually. Because yeah. if you see the way that his foot comes in, if Morelos goes back across the keeper, Ayer blocks it. Yeah. So where he actually hit it was the only place that he could put that ball at that stage. I, don't, I just think it was, it was quite a, a. When he got that ball, you just didn't expect he would score that chance. I don't know what it was about it, but. Because he had so much time, he just didn't expect him to score it. Mm. Whereas if that, 
if he had the ball he had to beat three players before smashing it in you would have expected him to score for, for me with a striker it's get it on target and, and I thought he did that there yes it was a good chance but I don't think you can you can lay much blame on his shoulders it would have been obviously brilliant for Rangers to have gone in front because that was right after the sending off it was a perfect time to get the goal and Celtic would have been really really up against it but I thought that was a, that was a for me that was a difficult a fairly difficult chance and not a, a, a guilt edge chance like some people have been suggesting obviously it's difficult to defend them against the, the second opportunity because it's impossible to defend them against that you know it's it's just a, an absolute ridiculous miss but as I say, it's better that he's actually getting himself. At least he's getting himself in these positions, and it can't continue long term. That kind, those kind of misses, because that is so basic. The one against the air was so basic, even though it did bobble up, that he will start surely putting those away. <laughs> you would hope so, anyway. For Rangers' sake, that he's he finally learns how to hit the ball properly. Like that. Just finally, Mark. Then um, we'll touch on Graham Murty and uh, how he's performed. Does this strengthen or weaken Murty's position? I think it strengthens it as well. Um, I think anyway, Murty should get the job based on the fact that it's far more of a risk for Rangers to rip it up again in the summer, get a new manager in who wants his own players, than to keep Graham Murty and keep the players that he has and strengthen. Uh, it's far too much of a risk to rip it up and I think Murty has to get the job in the summer. Well, I think it's still a little bit early to definitively say that he should get the job. I think you have to see how this next Old Firm game goes because, for example, if Celtic were to win 4-0, yeah. then then all of a sudden there's a new complexion. However, for me, watching that game, it was glaringly obvious that Rangers have massively improved. And Celtic fans know that too. If you talk to yeah. Celtic fans, they'll say the same thing. It was a proper game. And while Rangers went through halves and periods uh, in previous Old Firm games over the last couple of years where they've done okay... This was properly in the balance. Rangers looked like they could win it. And and that was a huge difference for me. They looked well coached. They looked cohesive. Again, not something you could say about Rangers that often in the last couple of years. And I think he's doing a very, very good job in the short time that he's been in. There's been massive improvement, especially since January. And obviously that's about bringing in good players and clever recruitment from Mark Allen but I think Murty's also putting it together on the pitch and I think he's in pole position to take this job yeah, I think at this stage it's Murty's but he also has to comfortably finish second in the Premiership and win the Scottish Cup for me uh, or at least put up a very good chance to Celtic in the semi-final if he puts Celtic out if he puts Celtic out then I think yeah. he's got the job uh, I would, if he puts Celtic out Rangers fans would expect him to win the Scottish Cup as well though so if he lost that final to either Aberdeen or Motherwell then all of a sudden fans are turning on him It's a bit like when Warburton put out Celtic it's not just that he's uh, getting through a tie it's that he's yeah. essentially stopping a double treble Anyway Mark we're going to stop there that's all from us we'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis from all things Rangers if you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate you can I'm on Twitter at Johnny R McFarlane and Mark you are uh, McDougall 1994 don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.